0: Welcome. Welcome I like that I, I, I've never seen a, a service started like that before. That's impressive. and uh, it's kind of like harsh, you know It's like that's funny and exactly the way I think, and what's wrong with that. Uh, you know so that's the beauty of that. Um, we are not going to outsource tithing here though. Um, we are going to start by doing that by tithing, and we, before the service, we were out in the lobby in a circle praying, and I was had the pleasure of standing next to a six-year-old guy. And uh, before we started praying, he said out loud um, that he was going to be rich because he's going to cut down a diamond tree. And I thought, wow, okay. And so I looked at him and I said, where is it? Do you know where there's a diamond tree? And, uh, you know, as only a six-year-old, he just looks at me with incredulously like, Wow, what an idiot. He goes, It's in my backyard. And I'm like, Oh, okay, all right. Um, but then I started thinking we have access to the riches of God all the time. This kid is actually right. He's more correct than the rest of us praying in that circle because he has a diamond tree in his backyard. And we have resources in the kingdom where the Lord says, Come come to me, and I will take care of everything that you've ever needed all the time. So if the ushers will come on up here, we'll start this. I want to pray, and then we'll we'll uh, pass the baskets, and then we'll just get going here. Father, thank you for people that believe there's diamond trees in their backyard. Lord, that kind of faith that you said is like what little children have, and that's what it takes to be in the kingdom, is to have faith like that. So Lord, we give to you what we have, because no matter what we give to you, we cannot outgive you. It's just impossible. And so we do this as an act of worship and an act of service for others. And so Lord, would you just receive it back as worship to you? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Um, So we're finishing up this series on All In-ish. Um, I was watching, I've been watching the series from wherever I am at the time and uh, been enjoying it so it's it's an honor to be here and to kind of end this, finish this one up and then we start the next one, launch it's called. Um, So this this last one that we're going to talk about, this whole thing about um, evangelism or sharing your faith or however you say that horrible thought, that thing that we're supposed to be doing that none of us really like, um, that that, uh, frustrating and embarrassing and all that. So um, I'm happy to be able to come and talk about this thing. Uh, So I was thinking about it, sharing your faith through evangelism, and I was thinking about uh, a long time ago, long ago, I took a class in evangelism. Has anyone ever taken a class in evangelism? I'm sorry. Anyway, so I was taking this class in evangelism and strangely, the class, you were like graded on how many times you shared your faith, you know, or how many times you went out and talked to people. So it didn't matter what happened, it just mattered that you did it which is exactly how Jesus likes things to go and so I and and you were graded so like at one point in the class towards the end I was a, like a D level and I needed to at least, at least get a C so I had to get out there and you know get cracking on the evangelism so I I was we, I, we were living in a city in the south and um so I was at this working out at this YMCA down in the city, and during, it, while I was in there, I was just walking around in the gym trying to get anyone to listen to my gospel presentation. You know, I had a little book, four points, I, was gonna, I had to just get through, all the way through point four for it to count, and, um, and no one would talk to me. I don't know why. I don't know why. You, you, people in the gym and I walk up with my book and they're like, no, we're not, no. Whatever that book's about, we don't, who are you? And I said, well, I'll see you in the locker room with my book. And that was even weirder. So no one would talk to me. Obviously, God wasn't with me. And um, so I go out in the parking lot, and I get in my car. And I'm thinking, because I am a Christian, I'm thinking, you know, Jesus is with me, right? So then I was imagining, like, okay, Jesus is with me in my car. What's he thinking about what I'm doing? Like, what's he thinking? So I'm sitting there thinking about, well, Jesus is right here with me, what's he thinking? And then I see the parking lot attendant, you know, where you go out and pay, and there's this guy in a booth, and I think, bingo, there he is, there's my guy, where's he going to go? You know, kind of thing. Once I pull my car up, even if he has the, he'll have to climb across the hood. Um, So I'm going to get a C, that's what's going to happen. And so I pull up, and I'm thinking, probably Jesus is probably really proud of me right at this moment. In reality, he's probably like, this is this is a bad idea. But anyway, so I pull up to the guy. And I learned in the training, like, when you're, when you're doing the four points, don't let the person take you off in rabbit trails like about their life. Like, keep them focused on the point of the thing, like don't let them ask questions about you. just keep them focused because the enemy <laughs> will try and get in and distract them about like real life experiences. Don't do that, stay in the book because um, um, the guy that wrote this little booklet n- knows. And so I get there to the window and I feel like the Lord's trying to tell me something but you know, I'm like I got the book so. I don't really need you, Jesus. So um, he's like, you know, something about I'm not in the book, you know, that book. But so I say to the guy, hi. And then I just launch, you know, it's like a broadside (laughs) fire (laughs) when I just start. God has a wonderful plan for your life, but you are sinful and separated from God. Unfortunately, I can still remember this. I've prayed. I can't get it out of my head. God, remove this presentation from my mind. But I can't. But you are sinful and separated from God, therefore you cannot know and understand God." And Jesus is like, hey, that's not the right way to begin. I'm like, hey, I need a seat, so could you just hold on? <laughs> I gotta do this, and then we'll talk later. Uh, now there, you're sinful and separated from this, and it's like there's a gap, like you're, there's this gap and you're gonna fall into the gap, and Jesus is like, what gap? And I'm like, it's a gap, just hold on here. Like, <laughs> You don't know about the gap? <laughs> all right. Anyway, there's a gap. You're going to fall in the gap. You're going to try and jump across the gap. You're not going to make it. You're going to fall. And I just go through the whole thing all the way to the end. But here's the good news. Blah, blah, I'm here. blah, blah, you know, and all that. And, um, and so I get through the whole presentation. Like I do it, you know, really quick. I didn't let the guy distract me at all by talking back with me. And, and I, I, I look at Jesus like. <laughs> and he's like. <laughs> and the guy the guy does this with the booklet I give him the booklet because if I don't, I, don't think, I don't know if it counted if I didn't give him the book I give him the book and here's what he does with the book <laughs> like this he starts tearing the book up and I look at Jesus and he's like <laughs> and he tears the book up and he throws it at me and I'm like he tore the book up and Jesus is like good <laughs> he throws it at me and the guy says to me I hate people like you Wow, then I don't even want to look at Jesus. Like, wow, that's embarrassing. It still counts, but it's embarrassing. Because um, I did check it off, I'm mean, like, check. Uh, and, and I said, why? And he said, because you don't care one thing about me. You could care less about what I think about anything. He said, you don't even know if I'm a believer or not. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is he, in? Is he with you? And Jesus was like, yes. <laughs> like, that was a waste. <laughs> You didn't even ask him. He's on our team. Oh. You have guys down here? Yes. yes. It's the inner city. Yeah, we have people down here. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> and the guy's like, You don't even care about me. It's, it's disgusting what you just did. It's, it's an, and so I'm like, I, You know, I drive away and got a C. <laughs> so it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but, like, is that the Great Commission? Is that it? Was that it? Is that what we're supposed to be doing? That thing? Because I hate that thing, and he hated that thing. And I'm, Jesus was, didn't like it, I'm pretty sure he didn't like it. Nobody likes that thing. What was I doing? What was I doing there? And so what is this thing about? What is this? And we named it. We call it the Great Commission. What is that? Where is that? Is that in here? It's not in the Bible. The Great Commission is not in the Bible, it's not called, and here's the Great Commission. That term was invented in the 17th century by a Lutheran guy, and it was taken by Hudson Taylor and used as an example. And then it became the Scripture, (laughs) the Great Commission. But it's not there, so here's here's what it says. What's interesting is... um, we try and do this stuff with no real personal interaction with Christ himself. Like we're just trying to do it. As if he's gonna like me better if I do that with people. It's not, that doesn't make sense, does it? If you just really picture in mind the reality that he's actually just actually right there with you and you're, he's like, he's, I feel like he's saying to me, please stop talking, I'm begging you. <laughs> stop doing the Great Commission right now because you're driving people away from me cuz I'm not the great commission. I am the person who loves that guy more than you ever will. And I want to meet him, but you're in my way with your little book. <laughs> <laughs> so so the commission, let's we can call it the commission. Let's take away great. Let's call it a commission. There's lots of commissions in scripture. But even when you read it, it's different. If You, you think you know stuff, but you don't know it because you're not paying it t- really attention. You just heard someone say it, like, well, that's got to be it. Some famous Christian dude said it. That's got to be right. What do I know? But, if you, but what you should know is what it actually says. So here's what it says. So there's, here's the event. It's Matthew chapter 28. So Matthew, can you, and Matthew is a guy, Matthew, you know, is a guy who, like nobody wanted to be with. And Jesus looks at Matthew and goes, I would love you to be with me. This is is Jesus' gospel presentation. I would love you to follow me. Because if you will follow me, I will show you who you really are. You're not this. You're not that. This thing that you think you are, you're not that. Do you like the thing that you think you are? No, you're not that. You don't like it because you're not that. What you are is this, but you can't be that this without me. So if you'll follow me, I'll, this is, I'll make this real thing real, and you can live in that and go on. Do you want to do that? Or is this so amazing? And Matthew's like, nobody likes me. I love you. Come with me. And he goes. So he's recording. If anyone understands this, he does. So Jesus has died and risen again. You know, Jesus has died and risen again, and that's happened, and all this stuff is going on. And there's only one person, I don't know if you know this from the story, but there's only one person that never leaves Jesus' side the entire dark ordeal. Do you know who that is? One person never leaves his presence. Even when he's he's in the grave dead, this person will not leave. Mary Magdalene. Her. Her. Not one of the guys, her. That's fascinating to me. Like if you said to Jesus, like who was by your side like thick and thin? Most people would never say Mary Magdalene. They wouldn't think for a lot of different reasons that it was a woman down there waiting, but that's who it was. She's the first one that sees him. She's the first one there when he comes out. So he rises from the dead. He comes and he tells the disciples where to meet him. This is Matthew 28. Now the 11, there's only 11, there were 12, but we're down to 11. So Jesus' small group, you know, he was a small group leader. It fell, his group fell apart. It's funny, of all the people whose group fell apart, Jesus' group falls apart. Isn't that interesting? Jesus, where's your small group? Like if you're at a small group convention, Jesus tells your small group, going. well, we're on some rocky days in my small group. Well, what happened? Well, two of them denied me. Wow, we don't even, we've never even had that happen in a small group. And the rest ran away. Wow, okay, you're not a leader anymore. Send you back into training. He said, oh, they'll be back. Well, 11 of them will be back. And they'll change the entire world. They're just in a little rocky period right now. That's this, his description of the small group. How different than how we think the small group should go. And so, anyway, the 11 are there. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed and made appointment with them. He told them, like, this is going to get dark, but when it's not dark, meet me there. That's called hope. Hope is the expectation and the action towards something that's going to happen that you don't see yet. It's not like, I hope I rise again. It's like, I'm not only going to rise again, I'll meet you in Galilee. That's how much hope they had. And they saw him, and when they see him, they fell down and worshipped him, but... They fell down and worshiped him, but some doubted. After all of this, some doubt? Would you be be in doubt there? I would. (laughs) Like Jesus, okay, what are they doubting? Are they doubting Jesus? I don't think they're doubting him. I think they're doubting themselves. Like, what happens now? Like, do we have to do that? Like, okay, let's say you were popular, Hugely popular, hugely unpopular, murdered, died, descended into Sheol, according to some people's theology, and back up again. Is this the plan for all of us? I doubt that I can do that. That kind of doubt, beautiful, it's so beautiful, it's so true. God hates liars. Oh, I never doubt, liar. He hates that stuff. Oh, I love you with all my whole heart, Li- liar. <laughs> you don't? You don't even know what that means. Doubt is just the lack of knowledge. Like, I just don't get that. I don't know what's gonna happen. Beautiful, good, trust, faith comes from doubt. You know what comes from certainty? I'm never wrong, I'm always right. Terrorism, extremism, fundamentalism. Those people are always certain. They're deadly. People are like, I don't know, that's, that's it. That's what Jesus wants. I don't know, Jesus, come with me. I'm not sure, I know, come with me. He loves that doubt. He loves it. Tom is like, I don't know, I, like, are you really you? Come touch me. That's what he says. He's like, are you doubting me? Get out. <laughs> he doesn't do that. That's our made-up world. So, this is what it says. Jesus approached them and breaking the silence because they don't even know what to say. <laughs> They're like, some are worshiping and some are just like, what is happening? And it's just silent. And so Jesus approaches them, he comes to them and he breaks the silence and this is what he says to them. How would you like to come to this Bible study group? Your leader was killed, now he's back alive again. Wow. <laughs> like, you're the dude from the Old Testament. Wow, this is all real. Wow, I'm going to that Bible study. Except one guy I didn't show. And, and they're there and Jesus comes up to them and they're just in awe of what's happened terrified, hopeful, and Jesus, and this is what he says to him, can you imagine this? He looks at him, he goes, all authority, all power of rule in heaven on earth has been given to me, and I'm giving it to you. How about that statement? The king, the one, the anointed one from above, the eternal one, comes in the room, he looks right at your eyes, and he goes, Everything that I am, everything that I am and I have, everything in heaven and in earth, I'm handing it to you. I'm giving it to you. All of it. All rule and authority now until the end of the time, I'm handing it to you. Not abstractly, I'm really giving it to you. You can really have it. What does that mean? It'll take you forever to figure out what that really means. But here's how you start. Get out there and try it. Get out there and try it. I'm giving it to you." And they're like, how how do we get it? I'm giving it to you. How do you get something that someone's giving to you? You go like this, I receive it. There you go. You got it. And Peter, whacked out Peter, the bipolar rock person, (laughs) In his false identity, he's a, we don't know what he's doing. And in his identity with Jesus, you're my solid rock foundation, the most solid guy here. Really? All the other disciples are like, really? He's a rock? He's like this. That's in his false identity. In his true identity, he's a rock. In our false identities, you're 180 degrees counter to who you really are. That's the best news I know. You walk into Jesus, you become who you really are. All power and authority in heaven and earth is given to you in your true identity crazy man becomes a rock leader. He gives it to him, and this is what he says, here's what I want you to do with all power and authority and rule and all that, here's what I want you to do with it. As you're going out there into the world, as we're going where, I don't know, where are you going? Do you want us to go somewhere special? I just said as you're going, wherever you're going out there, where are you going today? To lunch? Okay, as you're going there. To watch a football game? Okay, there. Uh, I have a job in Yemen, at there, like he's not saying, go ye therefore, he's not doing that. That's not, where do we come up with this stuff? He's saying, I'm giving you all power and authority, everything I've got, I'm giving to you. So, now that you have that, as you're going, wherever it is you're going, what do you do? Well, I'm a stay-at-home mom, right, there. Muhammad carpenter, there. I'm unemployed, get a job in there. You know, he's encouraging, you know, he doesn't want you just to just lay around. Like, get yep, do something with it, but go somewhere, somewhere, like that. It's not this big, I'm laying in bed, I must go to China, <laughs> you know, in order to really do this thing. It's like, no, only go to China if I made you in your mother's womb to want to be in China more than any place on the earth. Go there then. Do you understand that? That's not like, well, I live in Cleveland, Ohio, am I out? No, go there. Go there. Go, just as you're going into the world. As you're going, it's not an imperative. It's just like, as you're going, with all power and authority, here's what I want you to do. Give it away. That's what he's saying. Give it to other people. When you give it to them, how do we, how do we give it away? By baptizing them. Baptizing them? Like, we're going to do, or we did. Yeah, we're going to do. Baptizing them. Here's what baptizing means. Baptizing means this, for sure, this symbol of dying, Dying in the old man, raised anew to new life in Christ. That kind of baptism for sure. That's the beginning mark. But baptizing keeps going. So when Jesus is talking about baptizing, baptizing means to throw under, to like throw in the deep end of the pool and to go under. That's what it means. And so when you're giving this away, as you're giving this away to people, throw them under something. Put them in, use it to challenge them in something where they think they're gonna die. In fact, that's the place to give them all power and authority is in the place in their life where they think they're going to die, drown, never come back. Baptizing them. If you ask, how many times did Jesus baptize the disciples? If you ask Peter, how many times did Jesus throw you into situations where you thought you were going to die? He's like, every day. It was sort of an everyday baptismal thing. Like we were hoping it was just one dunk and we were done. Nope. Nope. It was a continual. Peter, what are you afraid of? And then they became afraid of saying what they were afraid of because they knew they were going to do it. (laughs) Can you imagine that? Jesus' Bible study group, what are you guys afraid of? Well, we hate that part of town. Get in the van. (laughs) We don't like talking to those people. Get ready to talk to those people. (laughs) No, we hate them. Now you got to love them. (laughs) If you just didn't know them, that would be better. But if you hate them, then you got to love them. So then they were afraid to hate people because then you got to love them. So they figured, well, you just love them. And then they ended up loving him. Wow, his teacher's crafty. But they become fearless, and he keeps baptizing them in that. And that's what he wants to do with you. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? And you tell him, he's like, let's go, because you will never be afraid of that again. Once I baptize you in this, you'll never be afraid of that again, ever again. But you will be afraid of it, and you're in bed at night going, I'm afraid of that, and I'm never doing it. As you're going into the world... Give all this power and authority that I've given you, give it away to people by baptizing them and teaching them everything I've commanded you. Baptizing and teaching everything I've commanded. So I would raise my hand, I don't know about you, in that study, and I would go, everything you commanded us? We don't even remember it. Like most of it was so shocking to us, it'll take us years just to recover from the experience of it. What do you mean everything that you commanded us? Can you like boil it down? And he's like, I already boiled it down, don't you remember? I, Matthew wrote this. He, he recorded this. I boiled it down. Remember when the guy asked me, what, what, what's the greatest commandment, right? What's the greatest commandment? And they're like, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Number one, when the Pharisees asked him, when the lawyer, it was a lawyer that asked him, what, are, what are the greatest, what's the greatest commandment, the one of the most weight, he said. And Jesus says, He quotes Deuteronomy, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second as unto it, love your neighbor in as much as you love yourself, in the same way that you love yourself. That's it, those are the two big ones. Everything else comes after that. So as you're going into the world today, with all the power and authority of the risen Christ, because you are the temple of the living God and you have the mind of Christ and you have everything pertaining to life and godliness, you already have all that, you just don't believe it and don't know it, but let's go out and use it and you'll go, wow, I can do this, I have this. It's experiential knowledge, it's not abstract head knowledge. Go out and practice this by giving that authority away to anyone that you come in contact with who needs it and do it by baptizing them in the place where they're most troubled and most afraid and then teach them to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength and love their neighbor in as much as the way that they've learned to love themselves because now they're who they really ought to be and they don't hate themselves anymore. And they love who their true identity in the kingdom, which they can't have without Jesus, which makes them love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength and which makes me able to turn around and say, do you, do you feel like you don't know who you are? I can help you meet the one that knows who you are. That's what he's saying to do. <laughs> Yeah, I know, doesn't that sound fun? What if we, and then he says, hey, be careful because the enemy's going to tell you to turn this thing that I just gave you, this beautiful, he's going to tell you to turn it into teams and he's going to try and get you to think you're on the best team and everyone else is on the bad teams and your goal is to get them to leave that team and join your team and then God's happy and we're going to call it a crusade which really means war, and it's going to produce incredible conflict, unless you remember what I say, which is you have all power and authority, the very same authority that rose Christ from the dead, that, you have that, take that, and out of your love for God and your love for who you are in the kingdom, give it to other people by baptizing them in their deepest fears with the love of Christ and teaching them to love God and love others and just keep doing that. Where? Wherever you go. When? Whenever God says it. How? However he tells you to do it. And enjoy. Have a good time. Call me if you need me. Oh, I'll be right with you the whole time. The end. Good luck. Have fun. Call me if you need me. I'll be right here. Boy, we've turned that, we don't get that, do we? So, so my example of, I'm gonna pull up and do the presentation with the du- dude to try and get him on my team, except he was already on my team, I didn't know it. I didn't let him say it. And so, is to make myself feel better, because I made Jesus happy, because I talked about him to a person that's not on our team, and then I'm gonna try and get him to leave the team, so like, when I lay in bed at night, I'm not afraid of this guy, because he left the bad team and he's on the good team, and now I feel safer. is not it. What does it look like if we do it like this? Here's what it looks like, here's the difference. So, last week, we, uh, uh, one, of my, one of our great friends, my great friends, this lady, um, who's worked all over the world, amazing person, she calls me and she says, hey, I have a friend who I work with who's a Muslim, and my friend um, is trying to get into nursing school, and she has to take this medical test, and she's failed it twice and she can only take it one more time, and if she fails it, she can't get into the level that she's trying to get into, and she has to take it tomorrow. Can you come over and share your faith with her?" Wow. So I'm like, okay, because I'm an expert in nursing tests. (laughs) So like, now why is my friend calling me? because my friend has a certain identity in the kingdom that gets her in a room with these amazing Muslim people. And when she's in the room with them, and she gets to a point where she needs another person, another part of the body to help her, she calls that person. So one identity calls another identity and says, hey, can you help me? Can you bring your identity into this situation, your amazing identity of Jesus? Joined up with my amazing identity in Jesus, and let's share that with this person who's struggling in fear and thinks they're gonna die by not passing this test, and they're gonna drown there. Can we do that together? Yes. There's nothing I would rather do than come be a part of that. I can't wait to get there. I'm not coming there to refute Islam. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't be able to do it. I'm not going there to protect the faith. I'm going to go give her an answer for the hope that I have in how to pass a test and how I th- where I think I'm going to drown. Go over there with her, meet her, this amazingly regal uh, Muslim woman. African Muslim woman, and she tells me the scenario, takes it's a time test, she, takes, she gets into the test. As soon as the clock goes off, she panics, <laughs> she looks at the clock, she could pass the test with no problem. She is one of the, most, the smartest people I know, I know she can pass the test. The woman who invited me said, this woman is one of the best I've seen, she can pass the test. But for some reason, when they hit that clock, she panics and she fails, she can't finish. What's happening? What's happening? When, when, she take, when they hit the timer she goes into the darkness somehow and she can't get out of the dark place in order to pass the test. That's what's happening to her and she drowns there, she dies there. And so what am I going to tell her? And I said okay, here's what you need to do. You can't, you can't go and take that test alone. You need someone with you to take the test. She said we can't cheat. I'm like, oh, you're gonna. This is way higher than cheating. (laughs) You're way gonna go way past cheating. I mean, it's not even fair. What I'm gonna tell you how to do. Why don't you take the Trinity in there with you? Why don't you take the Godhead in there with you and the Mind of Christ and take the test? Because she doesn't know what that is. I don't say it like that. I'm just telling you that. That's what I'm gonna do. So I say to her, okay, you need to take the test without fear. You need to not be, the fear is shutting down your mind. You need to take the test and open freedom of your mind. And you're not able to do it because you're trapped in fear and darkness. I said, so what you need is not how to pass the test, you need light. So I'm gonna show you how to know light. And she's like, okay, lunatic, let's do it. <laughs> and so I said, let's go, close your eyes. We get around her, me and my wife and this other woman, get around her and this is what I say, God, this amazing woman, thinks she can't pass this test, something is telling her she can't pass it and because of fear. Will you show her where the fear comes from? It's not from the test. The test, how can, the te- how can you be afraid of a piece of paper? It's something more than that. Will you show her where the fear comes from? And this is what we're doing. We're gonna shine light into the darkness. The fear is her darkness. This is where she's drowning. So she's got her head down, we're praying, and Lord, show her where the darkness started in her life. She's, she doesn't even really know what we're doing. She's like, okay, where's the darkness to come from? And she remembers as a little girl in Africa, she's from a very war-torn place. She's a little girl, little, five or six, unlike the little boy that has a diamond tree in his backyard. She <laughs> wakes up one morning and her father's gone, like just vanished. And she realizes he's not coming back. This is what she's telling us in her apartment. And she starts to cry, and he's not coming back. And my world is out of control, and I'm afraid. And it's so dark. And how can I go to sleep at night, and my father's there, and I wake up, and he's gone? What, how can I ever be safe, ever, ever be safe in this world? And she feels the pressure, and she, and she thinks he's gone because I wasn't good. It must have been God, must have been mad at me, and I wasn't good, and she, he took my dad. And I'm not good enough. And see, when she goes into that test and they hit that timer, she's not good enough. And she fails before she even starts because way back then she wasn't good enough and she lost her dad. How can I pass that test? That's the, what's going on in her mind. What's the good news? It's not true. I can tell her all day long it's not true. It won't make any difference to her. But what if Jesus himself tells her it's not true? So what I'm going to do is share with her my faith in Christ, the person not the abstract idea, himself, not a book, him. She's in the dark place. She's crying. I said, God, show her the truth of what happened that day. Who was there that day that she could see? Show her who was there that day that she could see. And she sees a light on that day. Oh, my God, there's a light there. It's a person. Yes. It wasn't my fault, no, your dad's coming back, which he did, but that person was there that day telling her, it's n- it, you're okay, it's not you. You're safe, I'm with you, I'll always be with you. I said, who is that person? She says in Arabic, "Aisha, Jesus. He was there, he's the eternal one, yes. He was protecting me, yes. He wants me to be okay, yes. Jesus, what do you call me? She asks him. He goes, we all started crying when Jesus said this to her, you are my beautiful student. Like I would have never thought to say that. I was like, Lord I would have never thought to say it. And he goes, that's why I don't like you talking. (laughs) (laughs) I like me talking. John the Baptist said it when I, I, John the Baptist says it to people. You don't want to talk to me. I'm not the one. The, he's the one. I'll introduce you to him, and I will decrease, and he will increase. That is sharing your faith. So beautiful. Like I'll just show you who it is. When you meet him, I'll just sit back and you have fun. And so she's having this thing, and I'm not. We're not talking. She's just in this interaction. My, I'm his beautiful student. Yes. Go take the test. In your true identity, you're my beautiful student. You don't fail. Take it as a beautiful student. Okay, amen, we're done, we leave. What happened there? The most powerful, spiritual, amazing transaction that that woman's ever seen in her her life. Who was it, Jamie? Nope. Donna? Nope. Who was it? Jesus. He's alive, he's a person, he's real, he loves her. Cuts right through all the religious argument Right through all that nonsense about teams and religions and boom, she's drowning in a test, that's where Jesus is going to meet her. He doesn't care who she is. She goes the next day, (laughs) she's sitting in the test, they hit the timer, here's what she can hear. Go, beautiful student, go, 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 beautiful student. And she goes right through the test, passes the test, still time. What shall we do? Talk to me, beautiful student. Mm. The test is unimportant. Do you understand that? The test is unimportant. She calls us, I made it through the test. And I failed it. Oh. Hmm. (laughs) Jesus? Hmm. (laughs) Like, that isn't right, Jesus. Like, see, if we were in charge, we would have let her get through it and pass it. (laughs) And he's like, I know, that would have been the wrong thing to do. Isn't this interesting? See, I don't get my identity whether this worked or not. I, my identity comes from Jesus. What, what, I, what the Lord wants me to do is, is give away what I have and then let him do it, however he wants to do it. See, then I'm like, oh God, if she doesn't pass the test and I look like an idiot, then it's about me again. It's not about me. And I failed it and I said, okay, good. She was so happy. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, oh, and then, The proctor came to me and said, wow, that's the first time you got all the way through. Well done, beautiful. You're three points short. So, can you go home and write us an essay about how you came here and let us read it? It's funny, because her greatest strength is essay writing. (laughs) And so she goes home and writes an essay about being a beautiful student and how she knows it. And she got in, they let her in. They were like, this is not just good, this is amazing light shining. And, and the reader's like, wow, ooh, get her in. Get this girl in. Get this woman in. Here's what happened. In the false identity, she's a failure, and she's not good enough. In the true identity that she can only have in the kingdom with Jesus, the test doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. And therefore, she's free to take it, and free to pass it, and free to fail it, because she will succeed. But she will succeed at a level she's never even known. I just want to pass the test. She's like, that's too low. Let's fail the test. Let's die and get baptized and then rise again and write an essay that will blow them away and they will know you more than a test taker but an essay writer about being a beautiful student. Let's do it that way. Do you want to do that? Yes. Yes. Do you know who can help her get that? You can. Do you know how you can help a Muslim like her know Jesus like that? By loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength and learning to know how he loves you and to give that away where? Everywhere you go, wherever you go. Father, thank you. Thank you for that beautiful woman. Lord, thank you for her family. She's in school. She's in the university. God, use her to transform the world. Use her to transform the world. Thank you for teaching us through her how much you love people that we're afraid of. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me again how much you move and how real you are. It's not about me. It's not about just doing stuff. It's about loving you and then loving other people through you. Bless you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Mm-hmm.